You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Lord help me. But, oh, but how are we possibly supposed to talk about Kevin touching them and then finally holding them? And folks, that's just the kind of things we like to do with Geeky Show Ever. Episode 194. Welcome to it, folks. And if you're wondering what's going on, I have Mike and Mark both babbling and, and confused and oh, slightly I'm not afraid. Con- oh, it's, sli- no, it's not slightly afraid. I'm completely terrified. I'm pooping my pants over here. I'm that scared. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm kind of thinking this week should have been a no-show. <laughs> uh, well, it, it's a geekiest show ever, not freakiest show ever. So That's uh, true. F- freakiest geeks ever? Uh, freaky geeky. Hmm. There you no. go. All right, but before we go further, that's just a teaser, and then we'll taser you people later. <laughs> oh, don't but even ha- get me started. I have a list. We have to do the weather report. Yes, we do. <sighs> Currently just- here as we record at, at 9.05 p.m. on a Sunday, for me, it is 36 degrees and very... Very nice. It was kind of warm today. It got up to about 50-something, so it was a little on the warm side. So, that's... Yeah. Mark, do you need I, me to convert that for you? Uh, I'm not that interested, to be quite honest, Kevin. Let me explain my weather report to you. My weather report is it's nice and warm, but not so hot that I'm sweating in certain places. <laughs> I have you as being uh, 77 on the Fahrenheit scale currently. Mm. There you go. And I have, and Mike, you're actually the same temperature I am according to my weather app. Yeah, I've got about 37. It's wonderful snow-killing weather, so all that crap that we got. Or uh, uh, no flakes. Oh, please, murder the little uh, snowy bastards. Um, it's actually melting out. And the problem is... Um, Okay, as uh, you know, in my my secret life as a custodian, uh, it's not that secret. Um, custodian you know, we have double oh seven. Uh, uh, buckshot is almost like it, uh, <laughs> because uh, okay, you know, part of our job is to take care of the building and stuff at school. Duh, thus the name custodian. Well, okay, uh, flat roofs uh, in the Midwest. Whoever came up with that idea has earned a special place in hell for me, because you get snow <laughs> on there. Well, and then you know what? Okay, so for people who don't know, it's just it's it's a flat roof. There's no slope to it, and what they do is they put this rubber membrane over it, and then they put um, rocks on it to protect the membrane, kind of hold it down, and everything. Well, and that has a life expectancy of about fifteen to twenty years or something like that. Then you have to you fix it. Well, the problem is in South Dakota, we c- can have temperatures up to a hundred degrees uh, or slightly more in the summertime, and get down to thirty below zero sometimes during the wintertime. So this membrane expands and contracts, and it's made to do that. But eventually, like anything else, if you expand it and can contract it for too long, uh, and then expose it to the elements on top of it, it will develop uh, weaknesses after a while. And all it has to do is get a little tear. It doesn't have to be very big. It's only got to be the one that I found the other day was. Uh, Oh, probably about the size of uh, not even my the uh, tip of my pinky here. Probably you know less than uh, oh about the size of a the diameter of a AAA battery, which wasn't very big, but it caused water to come down into the kitchen. So Saturday morning when I went to school to do the wrestling tournament, 
I already knew that the locker room was leaking because the night custodian called me and told me what was going on. So I was prepared for that. But I came in. There was water in the kitchen. Uh, there was uh, probably one or two other places. Um, so I uh, I prepared for all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, custodian's nightmares, just flat roofs. And so melting snow makes it really interesting. I never understood the whole idea with... Uh with uh, flat roofs like that. I've seen some on some commercial buildings where what they'll do is they'll do varying peaks along the roof so that mm -hmm. you can channel it away. It doesn't have to be much, you know? Right. Well, this building is, I think, nearly 50 years old. So I think uh, at the time, uh, and the prevailing thought was, you know, this was also the time, or maybe just a little bit earlier than that when they were building buildings, asbestos is a wonderful thing. We're going to put it everywhere. So oh, yes. you know, there was... <laughs> There was questionable choices because the uh, school that uh, uh, where I went to in Will Lake, the gymnasium, that was built the year that my brother, I think he said, started uh, freshman uh, in high school. So that would have been 1962, I believe. And they just built it, and they had, uh, you know, the ceiling had all this fuzzy stuff on it, and some of it was coming down while they were playing basketball. Yeah, that was asbestos. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't gotten any serious diseases from it yet, but uh, you know, and they finally had to go in there and encapsulate it and do something with it. So there was a lot of uh, questionable choices made. Uh, well, maybe not questionable. It seemed fine for the time, but you know, once you get a little further down the road, it's kind of like you realize why there's problems uh, with uh, some of this stuff. So, uh, and we all have to deal with them. Well, you know, there's uh, uh, there's a lot of things like that. Build it, as building codes have changed over the years. Years ago, one of the big types of pipe they used for the sewer mains was asbestos cement, cement with asbestos lining in it. Awesome. So it really was full of shit. It, <laughs> yeah, it was full of some nasty stuff. And nobody realized for years that you needed to work on getting the asbestos back out of, you know, so you cleaned all the other crap out of the water, letting the crap out of the crap. And then you, <laughs> but then you had to deal with. But it's crap. Why, why clean the crap again? So I mean, you know, before you dump it back into the environment. So, right. Yeah, questionable. Just like uh, knob and tube wiring. Do you know what that is? Knob and Not tube. Really. Yeah, knob. I think that's the appropriate term. It's the old style wiring they used, probably the early 1900s into the 30s. Maybe, and it was, uh, you had these, like, insulators, and you ran the wire, and you wrapped it around, and it was right. it's a source of great many <laughs> uh, spontaneous combustions in homes, I think. Oh, yeah, I, I think I know what you mean, because I've probably seen uh, our farmhouse out there, which at this point, I kind of wish, maybe I should turn the electricity on and see. We kind of wanted to go away, and we don't want to have to uh, do anything with it, so we're just kind of hoping for a spontaneous lightning strike. But mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe we ought to turn the electricity on and, you know, let, you know, see what happens there. But uh, so that was a choice of, uh, you know, there was a lot of different wiring in there. And back in the days when it, this was wired, uh, probably like in the, 40s or 50s, I forget when it was, when they got electricity out to the country. There was a lot of, um, they called them farmer electricians. Basically, they were people who farmed, and they you know, were electricians by virtue of the fact that maybe they had a pair of wire strippers, maybe, or, or a knife, yeah. whichever, <laughs> and a screwdriver. So, yeah, therefore, yeah, use an expert. Uh, so there was probably some questionable choices made there, because I think if you used to go in and look at the wiring in that house... Um, you know, any modern electrician would probably either laugh, cry, or run screaming out of the building. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, just different things like that that I've seen over the years. Like, 
what was it? Um, there was some sort of was it some sort of uh, water line they used in houses in the was it during the early eighties? I think that they discovered just kind of spontaneously. It's a plastic water line. It spontaneously oh. ruptures. Doesn't yes. it have to be cold? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we had some in our house. I don't think it ruptured. Uh, but no, we did have some <laughs> in the uh, above the egg shop. Uh, uh, classroom in the school there and uh, it was during the summertime and so uh, the, the, there's nobody in the building except for us you know custodians and the superintendent and some a few basic people there so we hadn't been into the egg shop classroom for a couple days so we went down there to check on something and uh, we went to step in to turn the light on and we heard squishy squishy and we're going oh no <laughs> um, so we went out there and looked and they had run a water line over there to run a uh, it, it was I won't say makeshift. That makes it sound cruder than it is. But it was just something that they'd kind of rigged up to run a line down, so they would have a hose uh, in the uh, horticulture part of the building there. So it's just they hooked up to the existing water line, used this kind of plastic with the bands on it that uh, you banded this stuff on there, and it had just developed a crack. And so the um, light fixtures that was put in the year before they decided that they were no good so we had to replace well we didn't we brought in the electrician and some other people replaced the ceiling uh replaced all the electrical fixtures that like say were only about a year old or something like that um yeah so that was a royal you know pain in the butt but you know i uh we had every two years i think it is the fire marshal comes and inspect the building and i asked him is there a place where i can go online to see what code is so i know what you know what what we're doing right and what we need to change before you get here and basically what he said was not his words but basically paraphrasing the way that i ended up interpreting it was we just kind of pull these things out of our ass <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay that's a little harsh but well, because there is BOCA. Uh, what? BOCA. It's the National Building Codes Association uh, or Builders. And okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's not exactly what he said, but you know the problem is we've got a, the building there. Part of it was built in 1968. Part of it was built in 1999. There's maybe some newer stuff there. And so basically what it ends up being is um, whatever the code was at the time is the code for that building. If you build uh, a newer part on, then the code for that time is the part for the newer building. But if you go back and remodel something in the older building, then the code will revert to the new stuff because you changed it. So basically, they're pulling crap out of their ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I know. We um, When we were doing one of the remodels we did here in the house where we finished off space here in the lower portion of the house that was just unfinished before, I got so frustrated. We had an inspector come out, and he said, okay, well, you still need to do this, this, and this. I don't even remember what it was now. So we did all that. Well, another inspector came out and said, oh, no, you need to do this, this, and this now. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I did that. Then the, then the same, first inspector came out. Oh, no. You need, I said, look, give me one <laughs> fucking list <laughs> with everything on it, and I'll do it. I don't mind doing it. Just give me one list. You guys are finding something every time. And agree, and agree on it. Mm. <laughs> yes. I was so <laughs> pissed. I was like, well, Jesus criminy. Well, and not to belittle the uh, you know, the inspectors, because the guy that comes here, I think he's a fine enough guy, but sometimes I think they kinda have to justify their you know existence or something. Uh, and so we've had him come. So the main 
basically the high school we have the main commons there with about four hallways that come off so that's the, the whole uh building there basically um and so in this commons part there's these uh hallway doors that have um electric releases so when the fire alarm goes off the releases will let the doors close their fire doors you know to prevent the spread of fire well okay so they came in and, the, and this was like a few years ago probably about mm, probably about 10 years ago maybe nine years ago somewhere in there the inspector comes in and so this building at that point was about 40 years old oh you need to take these steel frame double steel um, hallway doors you need to take and turn them around 180 degrees because his thinking was right now the way they are if you're in the commons they swing closed uh, away from you so if people were trying to get out of the commons they would be pressing against the doors they couldn't get them open to get them get out and people you know could die well the, you know the superintendent pointed out that all and all four doors are situated the same way and he pointed out this was fine 40 years ago when they built it now you come in here and want us to spend thousands of dollars just to rotate these doors so you know he uh, talked to him and negotiated something so we didn't have to do it but you know they come in and things have been fine for you know since the building was built suddenly is wrong and then they need to do something and it gets really frustrating and so then you kind of have to sit down and talk to them and you know negotiate things and yeah that's why politics is an ugly ugly business yeah much like me the uh the the biggest problem that i run into is at one point i had to do an inspector's type of thing in a in a job i held and you know i was i was usually pretty i didn't whole people I could have really been a pain in the ass there was like some measurements I had to take and you had to be in between these two tolerances and certain other things that I had to inspect and look at it was really not that difficult but there was always somebody trying to get by and we had this one particular uh contractor who was always trying to get away with something always and you know instead of fixing it he would rather me write him a a ticket cuz it got to the point where I just got tired of going back out I would sometimes give them, a, you know, I'd look at it in the morning and say, it's wrong. I'm not going to write you a reinspection. Fix it. I'll come back this afternoon. I'm being nice. You don't have to pay the reinspection fee. I'm trying to be nice. Well, it got to the point I just wrote in the damn reinspection fees because I got sick and tired of having to do that for him. But he got to the point, too, where he would, you would show up and he'd know something was wrong. So instead of fixing it, he would leave, like, a bottle of whiskey there saying, does this look okay? Or, or, or Christmas time, there was a small spiral sliced ham, or there was, you know, uh, movie tickets, or you, you just shit like that. Like, dude, I'm not taking it. You're, this is not worth my job. Fix it. Uh, just fix it. That's all you have to do. I said, I, we could be a real pain in the ass. You have to be a minimum of 24 inches in depth. You know, a lot of these things are only 23 and a half, but you know what? I don't care because that half inch isn't that that's not going to make that big a deal. But you people have just stop it. <laughs> I, I was going to say, is this guy's name Captain Obvious or something? Or no, uh... man. <laughs> he actually he actually put there's this well, this thing we call a meter crock. He actually had the gall to put a broken one in the ground. Broken. This is a round tube that's about thirty inches in diameter. No, not quite that big. Twenty, no, eight. Those were eighteen inches in diameter. You know, they they're not that expensive. They they brought them in by the truckloads. He actually had the gall to put one that was completely broken down, and then got after me when I failed it. 
I said, the side has collapsed. The dirt's coming in. That's not going to work. Well, not my fault. I said, not mine either. <laughs> Fix it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe the drywall truck backed over. I said, don't care. Fix it. We'll set my meter. No. Fix it. Yeah, and then you start throwing the term postal around and see if they get it, but uh, oh, or going geez. postal. They were just, yeah. they were just, and then you have other guys that were, I mean, they were so strict and, you know, they were, you know, they were always within tolerances. Every, I think I had one guy that used to go out and clean the insides of the thing just to make them look nice and shiny. It's like, <laughs> okay, that's a little too extreme. I appreciate it. I do. Yeah, fine. <laughs> but, you know, let's not get carried away here, folks. Well, yeah, when you have to deal, you know, with it, you know, and and my it's kind of my job too. I have to deal with the public. I have to deal with people, and I have to be nice because you know if you start slapping the uh, the customers around or the you know the the members of the public around, they tend to get a little testy with you. You know, even though they deserve it, uh, you know, Michael, even though they deserve it, you don't do it because they're the they're the you know they're the public. You don't do that kind of stuff. They're the taxpayers. They're stupid. No, Michael, just calm down. Take a breath. You know, don't don't hurt them. Stupid okay. should hurt. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Oh, I yeah. have one of my dearest friends, and I think she might listen to this occasionally. And if you are listening, Linda, this is for you. She used to tell her her daughter. She'd say, "You know, honey, if you're gonna be stupid, you got to be tough because <laughs> stupid hurts." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it. You know, and I. Okay, maybe I'm a little harsh, but I think Darwin had the right idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I think you know what we should just we don't have to get rid of the stupid people. All I'm saying is just take the safety labels out and let uh, and let, let Nigel talk about yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I always had a theory that skateboarding and snowboarding was invented to thin out the gene pool. The gene pool. I mean. <laughs> Well, and after watching some of those skateboarding videos where they're going down the railings, if nothing else, it'll keep them from reproducing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the important part. <laughs> yeah, because when you smear those babies all the way along one of those rails because your uh, board slips, okay, whatever. No more kids for you. Yeah. None for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no kids for you. No no kids for you. No soup for you. That was what it was. That was on yep. Jerry Seinfeld. Yep. So uh, since, since we're down that line. Jerry Seinfeld or buildings? Uh, oh, no, soup. the... What, uh, where we're hitting the rail with our <laughs> nether regions. Oh, okay. Woo. Okay, is this where we get disturbed? Do I need to go, like, put on a body condom? Yeah, let, just let, let's just put on, like, mutes and... No, no, no. So, yesterday I was out in public. Oh, and good I, lord. Oh, good lord. <laughs> and I touched in public. Ah! And whoa, 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 before this goes any further, if you've got family in the car, kids within 50 meters of you, pause right now. We don't know where this is going. This is not scripted. This is live, people. And uh, <laughs> we apologize up front for Kevin's behavior. And what and I, t- if, and what and I touched your, was lively. Oh, Lord. And even if your kids are 50, tell them not to listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Indeed. So, so, so I was out in public yesterday, and I had to touch it. I was in Best Buy, and I finally touched an iPad Pro. Oh, is that you touched all? the Pro? Oh, 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 Pro! Oh, Kevin, I didn't know you were batting for that too. <laughs> oh, 
No, I uh, I was in Best Buy and I was I was doing some Christmas shopping and I went over and I like oh, I can't resi- I, you know I've resisted the urge to go in there now and just fool around. With it. I picked up the iPad Pro and it was lovely. It was it very precious. nice. It's and it's also precious. extremely large. Oh yeah, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it was it was the biggest thing I'd touched in a long time. That's what she said. I mean, it is 12.9 inches or whatever it is. <laughs> okay. D- don't let the kids listen yet, people. are still in dangerous territory. Just, yeah, just don't let them listen at all. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's, that's you know, sa- was, safety was, first, parents. Safety first. <laughs> what I was really surprised about is what a lot of people said. When you pick it up, you expect it to be heavier because it's that mm. big. And it really wasn't. It felt light. And I know it weighs almost the same as my first-gen iPad, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it does. Uh, it's very yeah. much on par with that, which I, I think was a good marketing strategy because the original iPad was not that long ago, so we sort of all recall that and the rough weight it was. Uh, so to get something that was effectively twice as large um, to to be, you know, that weight was... Uh, Quite a nice piece of engineering. Well, you know, Allison actually, Allison uh, Sheridan, our friend of all of ours, actually did some uh, calculations, ge- geometric calculations. And if I remember the numbers correctly, she said it's about 70% more screen real estate than the mm-hmm. original iPad, even though it sounds like it's only three inches uh, diagonally yeah. longer. But it's all she down it's to actually- the resolution and pixel depth. Between the, you're getting almost seventy percent additional screen real estate. Mm. That's truly amazing. Yeah, that's a lot of extra screen real estate. But I, you know, I picked it up. Um, I was surprised there really wasn't uh, anybody around the iPad Pro. There were a lot of people fooling around with the iPad Air twos, the iPad Minis. Uh, there were tons of people around the Apple Watches, uh, but nobody was really paying attention to the iPad Pro. So. I had an extended amount of time to handle it, hmm. and it was very nice handling it. So, Yeah, I, I noticed well, that... kind of the same thing when I looked at it in my own Apple store, that there wasn't a lot on display either. They had like one table, and I think they had four set up, uh, and there was maybe two or three other people besides me looking. But this was like the first couple of days after it had been released, and normally you expect it to just be bedlam to try and get in to see something. But it was pretty good, and uh, so I was able to play with it for as, for a while as well. Big problem I've got, um, as I mentioned on NAMP this last week, is the price. It's I'd love to have one, um, but they're just too expensive. And even if I was to succumb to one and go, well, okay, I'm happy with the entry level, that's still thirteen hundred Australian dollars, and it's just it's too much for something that I still can't use. Uh, to do the majority of what I need to do on there. Whilst ever I record a podcast, I can never use an iPad uh, for just work-related stuff. Now, if I dumped all my podcasts and just went back to writing and doing no podcasts at all, great, I could do it. It makes me laugh when I see people doing the articles they're doing uh, in the Apple community about, you know, working day in and day out with the, the iPad Pro and can they can they do it in replacement of their Mac and then every single time they go for a podcast, oh no, I had to cheat and use the, the Mac and it's like, 
Yeah, you, you can't do it. And it's the one limitation that's disappointing. It's the one limitation we all complain about, but it's the one thing that makes a mockery out of the articles that they're writing uh, is that they just, there's no way to do it. There's no plausible way. So for most people, you've got to still have that borderline uh, Mac as well, plus a, an iPad. Uh, and then an iPad Pro is very, very hard to commit to when you're dealing with maybe an iMac on your desk or even a Mac mini or or a nice Mac laptop you know you're still then going well do I go for the iPad mini 4 do I go for the iPad Air 2 um, because and again it's a little bit different too because the iPad Pro as say an ebook reader I don't think that would be a very enjoyable ebook reading experience it might be if you sit yeah. at a table uh, with a yeah. coffee and read it you know, standing on the table, but actually holding it, I think would be a little bit awkward and, and probably not very nice it to would, do that. Because of the, the weight, you know, be the, the, the length of it, it become yes. top heavy on you. And it's not necessarily because it's so heavy. It's just that size of thing, unless you're holding it just a certain way, I think it could be. Now I do use my air too, to read a lot on. Mm-hmm. I've actually started reading more on it than I do on my Kindle. Mm-hmm. Which is saying something because I, I and I still like my Kindle, uh, especially at twenty nine dollars. What the hell? Hmm. <laughs> you know, I couldn't. I, I've, it, I've got to find me a deal like that. I've actually that's probably one topic that I'd like to discuss with you guys is Kindles and and um, as a dedicated ebook reader. Not for right now, of course, but later on yeah. in the show, perhaps because I've been considering that. It's just our Australian dollars gone up. Uh, sorry, gone down against the US dollar and it costs so much money to get even just an iPad mini. Uh, the mini four is like approaching $650 Australian, something like that. Ouch. Yeah. I, you know what? You keep talking, Kevin. I actually find the um, the exact price. That'll be the, the best. It, it's really shocking because I really, I, I've been interested for maybe the last 12 months in just getting some sort of iPad not that I want to go back to where I was before um, with my iPad usage, but I just want it for set things like ebook reading or, you know, I noticed with university, I've got a lot of documents where I've got to read 50 pages worth of text and I don't necessarily want to print it, bad for the environment and all, um, but then reading them on the MacBook Air screen or even the iMac screen is just it's not the same experience. It's just not nice. And neither of those screens are um, retina displays either. So it gets really, really hard. Um, so I, I tend yep. to avoid that. For, sorry, my, my mistake. I made a mistake. The iPad Mini 4, the entry level, 569 Australian dollars. Ouch. So it's, it's, still expre- it's still extreme. And then if I want an iPad Air 2... At the entry level, and we're talking 16 gigs at the entry level, as you guys know, which, you know, it's just, it's not that usable anymore. iPad Air 2, $699. For Wi-Fi only? Wi-Fi only, 16 gigabytes. Ouch. And that, that's why I've been seriously consider, considering a Kindle for, you know, 199 150 to 199 which is roughly the prices they're selling out here for. Because I, I look at it and what I predominantly want is something that I can I can read on. Um, I mean, there's a couple of other use cases that I want because I'm I'm using Tidal and streaming and a lot of music. I want the bigger album artwork um, that comes with having it on an iPad as well. Um, 
but I, I just don't know if I can justify these kinds of expenses. Um, I had considered Android tablets, but then they won't link in with the Apple TV with AirPlay. And yeah. that's, that's how I like to, to do it, because it, other than that, it works perfectly. If I go from my iPhone with the music side of things, it'll go to the Apple TV, play through the sound system, no problems. Um, yeah. The other thing I am considering, because the kids have the, the original iPad 2s, and um, I'm considering when I upgrade them next year, um, hoping that the prices will be a bit cheaper, I've been considering keeping those two units for myself, because music's music, it, it'll stream in to the iPad, then stream out to the Apple TV. I don't need a massive amount of performance. Yeah, it would probably be a better experience, but it's still going to work. It's still going to do the job. I've tested it. It's not the greatest, but the performance on my iPhone 5S isn't much better when it comes to streaming uh, high-def audio. It's still it's going to take as much time to get down the pipe as, as it will. And then to, to send it out again. Um, but it, they they still work, the old ones. So I've been considering that. And then using the old iPad 2s, even though they're not Retina, uh, using them as an e-book reader, I think that could be useful. But there again, like Gretel turned to me this, this year and said, oh, we're going to get the kids a new iPad each for Christmas. And I went, not at those prices. Yeah, you know, really. I mean... And sure, we've got Refurb. We've got the Refurb store as well. So I can probably get like 80 or $90 off uh, a Refurb unit, which would be fine. Uh, but still, it, it's just expensive. It's What about, can you buy from Gazelle off the Gazelle Refurb? No, I don't think we... I, I know of Gazelle um, from different promos and that, that I've heard on different shows. But I, I don't think we can buy from them in Australia. But I may be wrong there. Let me have a look. Yeah, because that's you can get some really. I mean, like if you want to go, like if you want to get a, like an iPad fourth gen, which is Retina, um, uh, not you know not nearly as light as uh, like the Air or the Air two that I have, but uh, you could get a fourth gen. I thought I looked uh, sixteen gig. If you wanted just a basic sixteen gig, I thought they were uh, two fifty, two hundred fifty US. Mm-hmm. So you might be able that might put it more in the price range of something that you'd be willing to pay for, Mark. Yeah, and certainly for the kids' usage. And I, I think it also comes. I'd like to see a budget iPad. Um, like five sixty nine for an iPad Mini is is not budget. Now that's going, of course, for the the latest and greatest technology too. If I was prepared and satisfied to go for something, you know, that that's a you know a year or two older. So. Um, if we go, say, just the iPad Air, which is now two years old, I think, from memory. You're yep, talking a little over two. Yeah, so you're talking 569 for that. So the price does come down. And then the iPad Mini 2, uh, 369 So they come down, but if I'm going to buy something brand new out of the box, I'm going to buy the latest technology. If I'm going to buy refurbed or secondhand, then, yeah, I don't mind um, going back a little bit. Um, that works for me. Um, but yeah, it's just, just ludicrously expensive and it's disappointing. Like for instance, I can get an iPad Air Wi-Fi 32 gig, uh, for 489 and that's the on Apple's refurb. So that's just one example. And if you, if you look on the refurb store enough, you'll come up with different deals that are reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you will. That's, that's they, definitely true. Cause they turn over. You, 
Yeah, because every once in a while I keep my eye out and, and I keep uh, that last iPod Nano that I bought. I kept watching and watching and watching, and it's the it's still the current generation, so to speak, technology wise of the Nano. Uh, that I wanted, and I kept watching and watching, and fi- they finally showed up back in refurb store. I got it for ninety nine bucks, mm-hmm. so I was really pleased with that. But um, yeah, if you watch, like I keep an eye out for the Mac Minis, hoping I can find some of the older Mac Minis where you can still do the RAM upgrades yourself. Oh yeah, or where you can actually have a quad core processor instead of a dual core processor. Yeah, and they pop at they pop in there every once in a while, but you really have to keep an eye on it. Mm. Um. So I, I I do keep an eye there for certain things. So, it's 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 you know you can get a good deal if you really hunt, but I can yep. understand your trepidation there. It's it's just well, disappointing. It, 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 and when I'm not using it all the time, uh, but uh, look, you know, I sort of railroaded uh, the conversation you brought up, Kevin. But in all honesty, I I love the iPad Pro. I think it's a great system. I think it is the future. Will it replace the Mac? Probably not as such. I'd say, if anything, the Mac and iMacs and, and, and Mac laptops will merge more into the look of a, a, a sort of, you know, just a screen type thing, a little less bezel, all that kind of stuff uh, than we've had recently uh, with the Mac lineup. Um, we definitely need both platforms. As you guys know, I'd prefer to see a, a hybrid like Windows does. Um, but I, I don't think Apple will do that unless they come to a stage where one of the, the markets, either Mac or iOS, just are no longer growing and no longer, you know, doing well in sales. And then maybe they'll think, well, hey, we need to, to merge this. Um, yeah, it, well, it's, it's at, interesting, the future. Uh, after playing with my Surface for a while, I'm starting to think that, um, you know, that's fine. It's not the most powerful thing, and it's good for some things. But I think if I get myself a, you know, a, a portable computer or a more powerful portable computer, I might just spend the money and get a good uh, Surface Pro, uh, mm-hmm. whatever version it is when I buy it. Because, you know, you can get it with a, <clears throat> an i7. Uh, you're still not going to be able to play games. Um, um but you know it's powerful enough to do a fair amount of things because it doesn't have the graphic processor in there uh, to run games and that kind of stuff. But because uh, I had a tab open here somewhere, but I think for about uh, here we go. Uh, if you get the two fifty six uh, gig uh, with an i seven and sixteen gigs of RAM, that's seventeen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you. Again, uh, you're not going to be able to do like everything with it, but you can get a dock. You can plug it in, uh, so and then have it hooked up so you can run it on a big monitor or a dual monitor setup. Um, and you know, I Apple's you know, like I say, unless there's some real pressure, economic pressure, because they just don't bend the public pressure. Um, if there was some, if they would just take a MacBook Air. Redo the hinges, like, um, is that, uh, there's several out there where you can flip the keyboard, uh, all, you can mm-hmm. flip it all the way around so it's Conver- flat. Convertibles. Yeah, convertibles, basically. Yeah, and do that and put a touch screen on it so you, you have the option of using it like a tablet. So if you just want to sit back, I mean, I can see, like, you know, an artist on there being able Your to thing. do that. Yeah, be able to sit back there with, uh, you know, the pen uh, and be able to, you know, do things, and then if you want to flip it around, bang out a letter, do a spreadsheet. Um, you know, I think that would be powerful. And I said, I'm no expert, but I think uh, you know that would be powerful enough to run 
Photoshop, maybe not full bore, but I think you'd be able to run do certain things with Photoshop in there. Uh, you'd be able to do a certain amount of editing. Uh, <clears throat> I'm kind of wondering, uh, maybe for the heck of it sometime, well, just for the heck of it on my end here, I should try running uh, next time, or the one time when we do the uh, podcast here, just set up my Pro hook my microphone up to it, run some recording software, and do a Skype and just see if I bring it crashing down. Mm-hmm. I'll keep the Mac handy here if it all goes sideways. but uh, And just do that and see you know, if a person could, you know, if it would be powerful enough. Now, this is only an Atom processor, but it's a quad-core Atom processor. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we run video through it, so that might put a little bit more of a strain up. But, uh, you know, if they were to do take, you know, I don't want to say copy the Pro, but... Uh, the surface, but you know, just do something like that and give people the option. So, you know, they, and I get why, I get why they're doing it because they get to sell laptops and tablets or yeah. desktops and tablets. It's a it's a revenue stream for me. Yeah, and if I was in their position, no, I wouldn't do it either because yeah, I'm making like buttloads of money. But hmm. you know, as a consumer, I don't want to. Well, okay, somebody besides me because yeah, I would go out and buy all the tablets and yeah, the laptops I was say anyway. That, that's not. No. Gonna work well for you to say that <laughs> no i'm a bad example but normal people people who actually ex- have some self-control and you know don't spend money stupidly uh, <laughs> yes um so you know they would uh something you know that kind of you know it, maybe it's a mushy middle but if it's a mushy middle that works for you then what the heck oh yeah. and by the way folks if you're listening to us you're not a norm I am sorry. We love you guys, but you're not a Norm if you listen to the three of us. Just just want to put that out there. <laughs> Unless your name is Norman, then you, then you are Norm. But you know. Yeah, but he might prefer to be called Norman and not just Norm. Yeah. Okay. And and, right. and certainly, um, you know, Mike, what, what you're saying with regards to um, not copying and so forth, in many respects, the iPad Pro is almost copying the Surface with the keyboard, right. with with the stylus and all that kind of thing. Call it Apple, call it a pencil, like Apple does, whatever. It's a stylus. Um, so they're, they're kind of, they're copying elements, but I don't think they'll, as right. you said, they'll, they'll never do the combined because whilst they can milk both segments... Why not? It's like there's been rumors floating around that they may introduce a new iPhone in in the first quarter next year, which will be a four-inch iPhone uh, to replace the 5S. And that's only because they're kind of at this stage, okay, we've gone through two editions of the larger phones. Everyone who wants the larger phones have got them. Everyone like me wants the smaller phones have kept them. So, well, we better go and milk those people out of their money now and give them a substandard phone. But they'll be happy because it's a new phone and all that kind of stuff. They're very, very good at knowing where their, their money is and where it's coming from and how to market a product. And and it's like every every time you see a new product release, it's like, ooh, new shiny, and the same people go out and buy this new shiny product, and I've been that type of person in the past. Uh, so, you know, I'm criticizing myself here. Uh, but y- you go and do it, and then the old product is no longer any good and it's like rubbish it's still good it's still fine it, it, it still does everything it just doesn't have those new features and truth be told there's probably only one or two valid new features on every new release be it an operating system be it a new computer be it a new iphone or an ipad there's only a couple of things that make you sit up and go wow um the the rest is not really that important and that essential out there hundred little mini improvements that they say they they've made to the operating system it's like okay great new operating system wonderful they give it to us for free great we made 150 new additions really i didn't see any of them 
It's just my yeah. Mac. It just works. Um, okay, perhaps it works better. Perhaps it works differently. But the end result is it just by doing the updates so frequently, by being on this yearly cycle of, of hardware updates and operating system updates, it keeps the technology fresh in everyone's mind. And therefore, it doesn't just become a, a situation where I, I expressed an issue with my Apple Watch on NAMP this week where I turned around and said, it's just there. I don't even think it's a watch anymore or, or an Apple Watch or it's technology on my arm. I do what I need to do with it and I know how to do everything I want to do on it and it's there and it's cool but I don't look at it as a, as a piece of technology anymore so therefore when I kind of think oh, am I missing any performance is there something that could be added no there's not because I'm happy with what it does I'm not disappointed I'm not frustrated but you know they'll release a new one this year and or you know probably this year and turn around and say, oh, it's now got a faster processor, it now has this feature, this feature, this feature, and all of a sudden my old watch will seem like it's an old clanky piece of crap. And I don't like that. I, I've started to hate that side of the technology industry where it's almost like you've got to keep up or be damned with you. Yeah, and it's, and it's not just Apple. Let's be clear mm-hmm. here. It's yeah. not just Apple that does that. It's It's everything. And I know technology moves forward. We're not just being cranky. Uh, not being a couple of cranky old men and one middle-aged cranky guy, mm-hmm. uh, or semi-young middle-aged, whatever the hell Mark is. Anyway, the <laughs> we're we're it is true. It does get frustrating sometimes when they when they seem to dole out the technology when you really I'm I'm sure in a lot of ways that other and not just Apple they could put more technology in something at one time than they do, mm. but they dole out you know, five features this year and six features the next year. And, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's just aggravating as hell. But they're, they're going to stretch it out as far as they can because it's, it's revenue generating. It, it's it's like uh, the telecommunications companies. It took us a decade to get to, t- you know, basically in Australia to get to near unlimited data caps on home lines. Uh, you know, and it just wasn't slow. And periodically they kept opening it up. It's very much the same on the cellular network. I laugh. You know, the Telstra, who I go through, which is the biggest company in Australia, they're, I guess, like AT&T for the US, um, they, they keep going, oh, we've now got this really, really high speed beyond LTE and everything, and it's, it's blazing fast. It's faster than landline connections are in the country. But here's the big problem. You don't give many data to use that speed. So why flaunt it? It's the same thing. Apple gets up on stage and, oh, look at the iPhone. It's, it's faster, 150 megabits per second. It's like, yeah, on what mobile cellular plan can I use that speed? Because I'll blow through a month's worth of data cap in about 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. That, that is the most frustrating thing in the world. It's idiotic. It's you... stupid marketing. Yeah, they just, they, you know... And the fact that you have unlimited data speaks a lot. I mean, theoretically, I do have a data cap on me. Well, I've got a data. I've got a data cap, but it's one terabyte a month, and and I, I think I've maxed it out at like seven hundred megs in the past, and that's it. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait. Whoa. whoa, whoa. You, you oh, sorry. Seven hundred gigs. On 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 uh, your landline. Your, uh, landline. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, I got confused. Yeah, see, ours is 250 gigs, theoretically. Mm-hmm. And the most I've ever... I have hit it... I have topped over it one time, but they 
they're not enforcing the restriction. I've jumped over to about 260 something one time. Mm-hmm. Because we do, we stream a lot of stuff. Because let's face it, there's a lot of broadcast TV that isn't worth the time and the effort. So we stream a lot of stuff. Um, whether we're streaming it individually to screens that we're holding or sitting in front of, or if we're streaming something to one of the televisions. So, you know, different story. But uh, yeah, I wish we could get unlimited data. I mean, it would really be nice to have that. that it's that about time that we got it. What I'd like to see is that we all, and, and this could be an international thing, where we pay one fee, call it $100 per month or something. And it doesn't have to be for everyone. This could be just for the power users who want all they can eat. And anyone else who doesn't want as much, you go on a cheaper plan. But I'd like to see that power users could turn around and have unlimited on their landline connection and link that in with their cellular connection so that your data usage is not dependent and you're not checking your phone to see how much data you've got left available and all that kind of stuff it's tedious it's annoying and it pisses me off um i just don't like that type of thing i much prefer that they allow us to share either the home connection or give us more data or shape it on cellular they do shaping when we go over data caps on the landline it gets shaped when we go over data caps on cellular they still charge us uh like wounded bulls uh, but they charge it and shape it here. Some carriers. Do. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Well, we, we don't. We don't have that, thankfully. Yeah. But it, not it, only do they screw you, they tell you no, they tell you it's going to hurt because <laughs> they're going to do it slowly because yes. you'll, you'll be you know pulling down slow data. It, look, it's ridiculous. It's all marketing and speak, all marketing hype. Um, and at this stage, I just I don't want to acknowledge what they they go on about it. It's I, I'm I'm tired of of listening to people talk about it. To be quite honest, because it's like, look, just give it to us. Don't tell us how good it is when we can't use it. Just just give it right to us. Absolutely, <laughs> screw us properly. You're already screwing us. Just do it properly. Give us a bit of lube. Yeah, I mean seriously, <laughs> folks. And as you guys were talking about that, I'm going, boy, am I glad we don't have a soundboard here because all of a sudden fog hat slow slow uh, ride uh, popped into my head while you were saying that. So I could do a, a Guy Searle here or a Gazmaz and yeah, uh, you know, start playing. No, I think if we were to add a soundboard to this podcast, it would be complete pandemonium. Yes, it would. Yeah. Yep. Because we've never had any extra sounds added into the podcast <laughs> ever before, so... No, none at all. And that just, no. that just derails us completely. A little indigestion there. Oh. Well, so, so so turning the ship around, like we much, much like turning the Titanic here, uh, the, the, there was something else for that. that. I know. But besides the iPad, I did touch something else while I was in public. Oh, Kevin, Kevin. Oh, jeez. Listeners, quick, put the kids away. Put headphones on. Uh, actually, you know what? Just stop the show and unsubscribe. It's not going to get much better from here. Do you want to know what I touched? No. <laughs> I put all ten fingers on it. Or eight fingers and two thumbs. I touched one of the new MacBooks and tried typing on it. See? Okay. I okay. Was, and... It was a stretch, but okay. It, it was... Are you, so you, you wore out the, the joke... With the iPad, and, and then this was I'm kind just of gonna just, stretch you, you were, it out. You were stretching it out, and it's like, yeah. 
Okay. Stretch it till stretch it till it snaps breaks. back. Yeah, it's, that's it's right. Like get get Kevin's underwear, pull it back, and then let it go. It's just you like touch my, Kevin's underwear. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Oh my! Oh, that's in my head now. Yuck. And now we have the Klingons coming back, circling Uranus. So there we go. We've come full circle. And it's all um, Kevin's no, fault. Yeah, I know. But anyway, I, I did try typing on that new keyboard, and I see where a lot of people, what they're talking about. That is very strange to type on, to have those keys barely move. Mm-hmm. I mean, I use a, an Apple, the previous generation Apple wireless keyboard, and I actually really like that. But that let that that whatever the distance they decreased in the travel on the new MacBooks, I'm not saying I couldn't get used to it. It wasn't so bad that I would, you know, if I had one, I couldn't get used to it. And I'm sure I'd probably then think that the keyboard I now use is like, God, I got to when is that? When am I going to hit bottom with this key? You know, it would be that type of situation. Um, but it was it was it was very different to try to type on that keyboard because. I mean, the keyboard I use at work is even a longer throw on the keys. So it's like, you know, and you're talking to somebody much like Mike, I'm sure. When I learned to type was on a manual typewriter. Uh, you know, chunk, chunk. <laughs> you had like a three and a half I, inch I, travel. I've, I've been there, guys. I've been there. Yeah. You're not yeah, alone. So it was very different. So I, I could probably get used to it. Now, the one thing I did like was the force touch or whatever you call it. On the trackpad on that thing. That was nifty. I must admit. That, that, was, that was wicked freaking yeah. cool. It's like, that's got a button. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. I can it's, feel the button. Saying, no, there's the button there. I'm saying, no, finger, there's no button there. Touch again. Nope, no button. Yes, there's there is. There's a button. But, you know, yeah. It does your I head in. At, I yelled at my index finger, <laughs> which made people at Best Buy look at me. Stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, but, but people look at everyone when they go to Best Buy. There's even websites about that with people doing wacky things at Best Buy. It's kind of cool. Well, whenever I go in, anytime I go in Best Buy or any place they have computers, I launch the browser and I put in our show. <laughs> I just put it up on the screen. I just, you know, I... I so, so time, listeners, if you heard us uh, first or saw the, the site first at, uh, at Best Buy, let us know. <laughs> yeah. I've we we want to know if Kevin's manual labor marketing campaign's working. I've done it in three different Best Buys, two Staples, an Office Depot, <laughs> and uh, what's the price? Costco. I've done it there, too. So I keep doing it, and, I, and I've gone back in some of the same stores a second time, and I do it again. <laughs> and they let you back in. That's shocking. Yeah, I know. It's just that way. So, I mean, you know, it was a, it was a good and bad thing. The keyboard would take some getting used to, but that trackpad was phenomenal. Yeah. I could get used to that really, really quickly. That would be super nice to have. The force touch is very interesting. I can't wait till they somehow integrate a keyboard with force touch that is almost akin to Braille. Uh, and then you literally learn the feedback mechanism. You you learn what it feels, and then you can get back to touch typing. And I think that's the only way that we'll be able to move forward without physical keyboards and onto screen display-based keyboards is being able to actually feel those individual keys and know, hey, this is a P, this is a K, uh, without looking down and looking where the fingers are located on the screen. I've always been able to feel my P. Oh, wait, we're talking keyboards. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway. 
Yeah, Mike just lowered his head, and <laughs> I, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Oh Lord. Okay. No, I just I have to interject when I think of these things, otherwise I forget them. So you have no filter between your brain and your mouth; it just falls right on out. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, he could have so he could have said another p word, Mike. It, it, it could have got much worse. Pencil. Oh, it could have, couldn't it? I just thought of that. Thanks for the idea. I'll send too, you a picture too, of that later. Too late Mark. now. Hell no. <laughs> so you, you a, a picture. So you're gonna you know you you have a uh, you know a, a large lens but, or well, so I don't have the uh-huh. i. But Kevin, I don't have the iPad Pro to present it in its full glory. So you know. You can throw it up on your Apple TV in the lounge. Oh hell no! Throw up, throw up might be the operative word here. That that, that, that that would just forever traumatize those little pixels. They'd never flush on and off properly again. Talk yeah. about screen burning. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. really. Um, but what else was interesting? After I got done, you know, and I was sitting there, I was, I was using the MacBook, and I had there was a couple that walked up. They were probably my age, maybe a little bit older, and. The best, the local Best Buy had the labels mixed up on uh, the equipment. They had you had the Mac. When I'm standing there, I had the MacBook to my right, and then the MacBook Air to my left. The little placard in between, describing the you know telling the prices and stuff, was the other way around though. So I had to help the. I was helping the couple there, and I was you know saying you know this is the difference. Right, you, that's a MacBook Pro. This is the MacBook Air. This you, is you the do, MacBook. You do, you do know, like, um, sh- you know, when Penny took Sheldon shopping for the gift for Leonard, you actually don't work there. No, but I like to help people. They, they were sitting there actually discussing, you know, they wanted to get, as I understood it, they wanted to get uh, a laptop did, did, for their did son. Did you tell them that you're a famous uh, geekiest show ever host and so forth? No, I don't go that far. Uh, but I, I Oh, then but why, why, the, why bother on, talking to people? <laughs> but it was on the screens they were looking at, so. <laughs> so well, it, I, I've helped people at Walmart, yeah. um, but, but you know, again, people in people of Walmart, <clears throat> um, you yeah, know, the, the, the salesman, in, yeah, the salesman in there, they're, you know, they're there to push buttons. I'm not denigrating them, they do the best they can, but there's been a few times, that I think even this, when the salesman was there, I just, okay, I can't help myself, I stepped in and, and I helped just clarify things, so. Yeah, I, I helped a couple, I think, uh, partially thanks to me anyway, that uh, their, their son is going to be receiving a 13-inch MacBook Pro, um, so. You know, whoever you with, all with were with the optical drive, without the optical drive, because no, they, the the current the current generation Retina. They, they still sell those. But no, this was the two fifty six, and they were. I said, you know, get the two fifty six SSD and all that, and I said, bump the RAM a little bit to give him some more growth space and all. And then after a while, I saw one of the Best Buy employees come over, and she looked a little perturbed at me, like, really, I'm helping you sell your crap. <laughs> Don't don't give me. So I said, fine. I just turned around, and walked away. You know, don't don't give me crap. I'm actually helping you. You're going to get the commission off of what I just did. <laughs> so, and you will have a customer I, that's not I, torqued off at you. Yeah, mm. exactly. I hate going in and talking with sales rep, no, reps. Nothing irritates me more than having the uh, the Apple staff come and talk to me. It's like, please leave me alone. I'm just here to look at the new shiny toy. I don't need you to tell me what it is. I've already watched the keynote. 
Well, you know, it's funny when my experiences in the two Apple, the three Apple stores I've been in, the two where I've actually dealt with the uh, the the sales clerks in the store, that when I've made big purchases, they were extremely helpful people. They weren't hovering over me. They said, "Oh no, you know, go ahead, take your time, look around. If you have any questions?" They were very very helpful. But now then again, I haven't been in an Apple store to physically buy anything for two or three years i think I, yeah okay and i've been in one apple store once because our nearest apple store is five hours away pardon me while the midwesterner whines but uh, uh close to apple store worry, Mike, and, you sound like alistair he, he constantly I whines know. to me about why <laughs> we have like a dozen apple stores in sydney and i'm within driving like an hour's driving distance of half of them and he doesn't have one in all of new zealand so well yeah so him and i have something in common because there's none in the state of south dakota nearest one is in minneapolis a five-hour drive away even sioux falls which is uh, our south dakota's metropolitan area at around uh 200 300 people somewhere in there we don't have that they got got them in best buy i mean they got apple products in best buy but we don't have an apple store uh, but then some towns, uh, some places will have like a couple Apple stores. So mm. it, I don't, whatever. Yeah. Find, find uh, Steve, you know, or whatever, whoever's running that joint now. So Yeah, it's, uh, it is it is frustrating because I think the closest one for me um, would be Reston. Yeah, Reston's the closest Apple store. And that's 70, no, 45, about six, 55 or 60 miles from me. That's the closest one to me. It used to be the, actually the very first Apple retail store is the one I bought my first brand new Mac at, which is the Apple in Apple store in Tyson's Corner Center. If you Google the YouTube video of Steve Jobs giving a tour of the first Apple retail store, that's the one where I bought my black MacBook. So that was, you know, that's kind of cool in that we had the very first Apple retail, but it's still a long ass ways away because that's mm-hmm. another 25 miles further. So. It's it's starting to get miles. But at, at this yeah, stage, I, you don't okay. really need to go into the Apple store much because the stock doesn't change until there's a big announcement, then new gear. Um, the only time you need to go in is when you've got a Journeys Bar appointment and the Journeys Bar people are not really Journeyses. Um, it's just a nice little title they get. And uh, you can buy online and... and Chances are you can get a better deal at Best Buy. You can get a better deal on Amazon for most of the products anyway. I know uh, with a couple of our big box retailers, I can almost every second week get 10% off Apple Macs at at those stores. Go to the Apple store, you'll never get 10% off. Now, they will price match uh, a competitor, provided they've got it in stock and they are offering that deal. Uh, But... You know, unless I've got some loyalty to give Apple all of my money, you know, if I want to see another smaller retailer successful, then I'll just go there. And and chances are in these other retailers as well, you can, you know, get something else, get a case for that that device as well, thrown in for free or uh, pay cash and get a little bit extra off again. So uh, not much use from my side of the fence to actually have an Apple store. Well, then maybe you should package one up and send it over to Alistair. That would make him happy. It would, but I don't want to, just in case I need them. 
Well, send one that's not real close to you. Send one that's on the far side of Sydney over to Alistair. I could send the little one up at Newcastle. That'd probably work. That's that's about two hours away. Oh, an hour and a half away. All right, Alistair. So if you're listening, Mark will work on having the, the store in Newcastle, New South Wales, relocated to uh Maybe we should just get rid of some of the Queensland and Victorian ones, though, because I don't really care for those states. Okay, well, that's... that's Boy, I've, 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 a- I've created a, a national incident right now. Actually, no, quite honestly, I, I love the whole country, but uh, I, I love New Zealand more, and I, I will say this much, New Zealand's a lovely place, and uh, I really wish they'd put an Apple store in, but I kind of don't want to see that happen because New Zealand's like my holiday destination and retirement destination of choice because it's so beautiful and so relaxing. I kind of don't want Apple to get their money hands into a, such a beautiful country well you know new zealand occasionally gets snow yeah on uh one of the islands not the other island though it's uh on south alistair's island i believe had, alistair's had snow a couple times uh, i've seen him take pictures of it yep. you can have mine <laughs> i think you should re- retire to north dakota mark uh no yeah, it- mike mike would would lobby the local council and the local government and make sure that I couldn't come within Kui. No, see, I'm in South Dakota, so you can move to North Dakota. Oh, they oh, need okay. the improvement. <laughs> yeah, Julie, you'll be up there by Julie. So, yeah. Uh, and it, it's further north, and there's less up there. And so we'll find out if we have any North Dakota listeners now. But, yeah. um, <laughs> North Dakota, northern Michigan, you know, uh, northern Idaho maybe would be a good place for Mark. Anywhere that Kevin uh, can't get to me with his gun. Well, they have more guns out there than I do here. So yeah, but they don't oh, want yeah. to shoot me. You're the only one that wants to shoot me. I don't want, but I don't want to kill you. I just want to make you. You want feel to maim pain. me? That's there. That's the point. And Gretel uh, supports it. <laughs> yeah, but she's as sick and twisted as you are. <laughs> uh, Mark, to know you is to shoot you. Damn. Can't catch a break. So, yeah, yeah, so you, you'll move there. You'll just they'll find you'll there'll be people there that'll want to shoot you. But you know. yeah, I, I've I've got to stay in my own little country where only the the bad people have guns and there's not that many of them. Well, there's well, okay. Correction: we have lots of bad people in Australia. Don't get me wrong, but not lots of them have guns, which is good. Well, just well, don't I, don't make us bomb the Great Barrier Reef again. We'll do it. I'm telling you, we'll do it but again. But I don't know what you're trying well, to achieve. Trying to get closer to you. <laughs> yeah, but you're uh, off. I mean, you know, no no wonder the uh, the Soviets made it to space first. Just well, saying. no, we're, we're, we're going to put one of those smart targets in on you, you know, so that the smart weapons can zero in on you. Yeah, but if... That if you tried that once before and all you could hit is the Great Barrier Reef, you are a few oh, no, hundred no. kilometers off. Oh no no! This time uh, Gretel's working with me to help me get the target placed on you. Uh huh. Subcutaneously. So right. I was going to say there's enough space at the top of your head you could just kind of paint in a you know. I look. I could, paint, I could paint in a bullseye, and I guarantee they'd still miss. Well, we'll give it another shot. We've got a couple hundred ICBMs not doing anything. We'll, we'll send them your well, way. Well, or, you know, here's something, you know, okay, you move to North Dakota. Here's a, a little tip. In the winter, put on brown coveralls and stick a white hanky out of your back pocket and tie some twigs on your head to help keep the snow off. Yeah, that'll work really good for it. Yeah, that's an awesome plan. No. 
<laughs> I'm stupid, but not that stupid. There was a. Uh, it was funny. I was outside today doing some work, putting up some more of my Christmas decorations, and uh, yes, Mark, I was putting up more outdoor lights. Really, we haven't and, even put our Christmas tree up. Thank God. So we've got all four trees up, um, and everything else. But anyway, my neighbor next door had been hunting yesterday. He had a nice doe hanging in the tree uh, that he'd shot. Cause he, that's how he feeds his family through the winter to help feed them. He said, cause he's got a big family to feed. So, uh, he was talking about it and every once in a while he gives me some deer meat. So, you know, Hey, I'm all good with it. <laughs> so, but yeah, he had a, he had shot a nice, uh, big doe and had her hanging in the tree there. Uh, he'd field dressed her and she was dripping out there and curing and, uh, then he'll skin her and, and, uh, cut her up. What, what amazes me with that? And I can understand the, the food in the family and, and that sort of survival technique. That's cool. I get that. And I respect that. But then you, you've got outrage when people go over to Africa and so forth and then shoot, uh, you know, elephants and so forth. How is that any different than shooting a deer other than overpopulation? I mean, in Australia, we've got overpopulation of rabbits and so forth and you know, so they go out and they shoot X amount and stuff like that. So I can understand the culling down. Um, but shouldn't there still be outrage that that's occurring, that the... There is. Yeah. There are people that, you know, don't don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot an animal. But, I mean, around here anyway, and I don't know what it's like for Mike, the deer are almost to the point of being um, uh, nuisance critters because there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. Well, and around here, it's more than a nuisance; it's an economic impact because oh, they will go too. out. Yeah. yeah, well, no, I mean, well, yeah, because you are agricultural there too. But I mean, here they will go out and uh, eat corn out of the field um, in the winter time. It always it drove me nuts because I would be in the uh, when we lived on the farm, we'd be in the trailer house uh, this time of year, and I'd be sitting there as the sun's going down, looking out the window to the south, and our hay yard was. Uh, Oh, a few hundred yards uh, um, away facing the house there. I'd be sitting there, and all of a sudden, as the sun's going down, you could see all these deer jumping over the fence, going over, eating our hay that we had for the cows there, crapping on it, peeing on it. And, you know, just kind of, if they would go in there and be a little... uh, I still wouldn't necessarily like it, but if they were just kind of go in there, graze and not make a mess of it, it wouldn't be so bad. But then they would just, you know, like say, go in there and defecate all over it. And the cows aren't exactly crazy about, you know, eating that kind of stuff. Hmm. And, you know, and then, you know, if you go out there and try to shoot them, then the game warden gets all testy because you don't have a deer license. You know, and I get that. You don't want to, like, you know, wipe out the deer like we almost did with the buffalo in this part of the country. But, when there it's an economic impact and the government is telling you that you can't do it uh it gets very frustrating so there was a few people that had accidental discharges or something like that and dang there was a deer in front of it you know whatever um yeah. so it's it's frustrating I and up here up here uh back in the uh oh late 70s early 80s there was we used to have uh jackrabbits all over the country and again same thing grazing eating the grass that the cows would eat in the pasture and so in the winter time uh they would organize like giant rabbit hunts they would go out and you know kill off a bunch of them because you there was for a while though you could drive down the road and there would be dead rabbits there because they'd run out in front of the cars you'd run over Mm -hmm. them and you know now that they've got it they haven't eliminated them but they got them under control uh and just got it you know back to a you know a workable level 
but yeah, there was, and there was times that, uh, it was it was a big thing. They would have uh, parties afterwards, and um, a friend of mine, uh, we talked their way into one of these parties because you know you had to hunt, uh, participate in the hunt in order to go to the party. Well, he just kind of he's a kind of a BSer anyway. So we went up there and he said, well, "Which one did you guys go on? Oh, is that one south of town? You mean that? One? Yeah, 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 that one." And so you know he, he talked their way into this rabbit hunt. So, uh, but for a while there, it was quite a thing, and. You know, people who out here in the country, we understand, you know, the the circle of life, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that, that you got to have uh, there is life, there is death. Um, you can't have one without the other. And uh, it has to be managed, you know, to a degree. I mean, um, I and I'm not a, uh, I used to hunt, but I realize I'm not a killer. I'll leave that to other people. Uh, but it is. But I don't uh, dis, uh, dis- anybody who goes out and do it does it because it's a part of the you know the, the cycle around here the part of keeping nature in check you know we're exercise doing what uh, you know God commanded us to do is to go out and you know uh, uh, and have dominion over the world and you know we are part of the world we change things and so it's up to us to you know correct the things that uh, you know we may have may uh, cause these things by introducing things or whatever so we have to go out there and take care of it but it's about managing stuff and so you know, okay, that's my little triad because you know um, we had a few people come to town that were um, anti-hunting, and you know that's a real smart thing to do in the Midwest: be anti-hunting and come to mm. town. That didn't go over so well, but um, and it's just to try and educate people that this isn't—we're not heathens. We aren't like you know drooling orcs out there just <laughs> wanting to kill anything in sight. Okay, maybe Kevin is—he uh, does it pretty good, but <laughs> the rest of us, you know, it's not about violence and slaughter it's about um nature and just keeping everything in check mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's uh i did it for two reasons when i used to hunt all the time i did it one it was a cheap way for me to to for us to have extra meat during the winter save us money when we were on more much more of a limited income and i did it too because the area i hunted in was be trying they were trying to get the deer population down uh and the rabbit population down because they were they were destroying the crops you know, that were intended to either feed uh, uh, beef cattle or they were intended to feed people. So, I mean, we were performing somewhat of a service, I guess. And it's way better that if that I or somebody I was hunting with to shoot a deer and use the deer or donate it, which you can do around here. You can donate it to hunters for the hungry mm-hmm. and they'll cut it up and, and mm-hmm. they give it to people that can't afford anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's way better to do that than to see all these deer laying dead along the side of the road, which my, right. sis- my sister-in-law just hit a deer, what, a week and a half or two weeks ago and messed up her car. So, oh, yeah. I mean, fortunately, she didn't get hurt. Uh, but, you know, no. it is much better that we control the population or manage the population in such a way. Uh, my only problem with hunting now is the areas I used to hunt in started to get um, uh, built up. I mean, mm-hmm. where the, the big one, the two, the one big farm I used to hunt on, is now you know big estate homes that are on sitting like two and three acre tracks, on this I don't know it was five hundred or thousand acre farm, so I lost all these places to hunt, and I'm not willing to drive a long distance to go hunting. And it's just right. you know I, I have friends that will drive two hours to go hunting. And I'm going all right if I need to be in the woods by five thirty. And I got a two-hour drive. That mm-hmm. means I got to get up at three thirty in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, to be mm-hmm. out the door. But no, not worth it. No. Lost. 
and you see around here what people have done is um, we've had people people who have money obviously they bought up land around here for hunting and then they will rent it out so it's uh, generating you know income for them but uh, there's been some people that have done that because I've had a few people ask me because you know we've got like a thousand acres of land out there we've had a few people that have asked me about buying it uh, yeah or maybe they would set up a you know a hunting uh, I won't say a lodge. That sounds awful upscale. They can, can lease the hunting rights, though. At least you can right. out here. Right, yeah. The, and they would do that or, you know, something to that effect. Um, and so, and it's a big deal around here because uh, uh, in the fall of the year, about October and pheasant season, I mean, uh, I think South Dakota is probably the pheasant capital of, uh, of the United States. And so we have people coming in. Uh, we've had all sorts of dignitaries come in to hunt pheasants. They can fly into Sioux Falls. They go out to like west, uh, they're in South Dakota or the middle part of the state or maybe in the eastern part of the state. And they go out there and they hunt. And it's a big deal. It brings in a lot of money around here. It uh, There are some uh, bars and motels around here that probably make a majority of their income during hunting season because you got uh, out-of-state people. People come in, and these are people who probably have money. They're willing to spend it. And so they'll buy a lot of drinks, and they'll tip pretty good. And uh, they go out there, and they treat farmers nice. Because we've uh, made a few friends, uh, people that just showed up on to start hunting. They formed a relationship with us. And, um, you know, they would give you a, a six-pack of beer or a case of beer or something when they show up. And it wasn't like they were paying you a lot of money. And we didn't really want to accept money because then you get into the whole liability thing. Uh, for insurance purposes and that sort of stuff. And we're just, we just wanted to see people there. We'd have, uh, like, um, um, we had a guy that my my nephew was in the Army. It was his commanding officer. I think him and his son came out here, and they wanted to hunt. And so we said, yeah, just come out to the farm. And we were just happy to have people come out there and do that because, like I say, it was a father-son bonding experience. And, uh, you know, you get out there. There was even uh, somebody, uh, she was the funeral director in town here, and they had land out west of town. She had come up with this idea of uh, they had a little piece of land that looked down into the James River Valley, kind of a nice little scenic place. And they uh, never got around to doing it, but they had this idea that they would put this cross up there and then all these people that have hunted out in this air part of the area, when their dogs pass away, they could have their dogs cremated, put in a little capsule and put on this cross out there. I mean, you you know, you have a lot of people who are really passionate about it. And like I say, around here, it, it is a... Uh, it, it's a big thing at different times of the year. Yeah, it is here too. It is here too uh, because I do live somewhat more rural than uh, other parts of Virginia. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm going to say this. I think you guys are just doing it wrong. I think you need to get a contract with Santa and farm the deer for him. But we don't have the flying kind. But but that's the magic well, pixie well, dust that goes on top. He no, supplies Kevin, that. He, no, we do have the flying kind around here. It's just that it involves a 96 Ford Windstar because I've made two of them fly before. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I can tell you how much it costs to fix the front end of a 96 Ford Windstar. Yeah, no, that's true. It can be very expensive. Yes. So. Well, folks, I think on, on that note, now that we've butchered and slaughtered everything under the sun and uh, talked about me, killing. Thank God. Oh, I made it through another show. Oh. He made it. One more okay. thing. No, I'm just telling the the uh, the the guy with the laser light on his sniper rifle to move it this way a little bit. Ah, miss me, <laughs> miss me. 
Okay. So what you're say, saying is we butchered it, we've touched it, and we've uh, criticized Apple. So, yeah, another podcast under the belt. And it's Should, successful. Shouldn't we have touched we, it first? We, no, we touched it, then we butchered it, and now it's under our belt, right? Sure. So we Sounds were like touched. a duck skin. Huh? We were just Would touched. You, you were touched, Mark. I don't well, know. Some people say I'm touched. I'm, I'm a bit worried. You should be. Oh me! All right, folks. Well, I we'll, we'll we'll go reverse outro in the backwards order, the same way we came in, the opposite direction around. We'll start with Mark. Did we even introduce ourselves this week? I don't think we did. No, we didn't. We just launched into it when you were talking about touching things. You brought it up, and jeez, I didn't want anyone to know <laughs> oh. who I was after that. I don't know if I even want people to know who oh. I am now. Mark, yeah. you may want to jump back in the time machine and change that last phrase. He what? brought it up. <laughs> oh, Slow burn. Oh, boy. Oh, I'll tell you what, when we have these threesomes, you can't get away with oh, anything, can you? Other bad choice of words. Anyway, <laughs> okay. anyway. before we get any worse, Mark, please. Yes. Outro. Outro now. <laughs> Outro. Okay. Uh, so head across to notanothermacpodcast.com. You can find out what I crap on about about the Apple stuff. Uh, so that's kind of cool. You already know that. And my new project that I wouldn't tell anyone about last week, but I can now, is subjectivesounds.com. It's all about music, my music, my interests, and uh, what I like, and sharing it with the greater community. So come across to subjectivesounds.com. And uh, get involved in the conversation, comment on some of the posts, and let me know what you think. Yes, please do, folks. It's a beautiful site. Mark's done a lot of great work. Although he's banned my user profile already, so I'm not sure why. Banned your what profile? My user login. It wouldn't let me post anything. That's because you want to touch everything. No, I was going to talk about Christmas music. I thought that's why it was banned. No, I don't even have a login for that one, Kevin, Um, for, for users. Go with the. I, I go. Uh, oh, I go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to do a Christmas music one coming up to Christmas. <laughs> the yeah, slow but, burn tonight's killing us, Mike. It's but, just. I know. But uh, look, I'm still stuck on touching things. Uh, uh, you know. Well, then don't mess with the super glue, and you won't get stuck on it. Good touch. touch. Okay. All right. Uh, so please now, Mike. Take okay. This, you, you take us out now. <laughs> Yeah, when I'm not trying to find a vaccine for uh, Mark's uh, foot and mouth disease, um, <laughs> and you know, and uh, for whatever you know, we're you know, uh, for whatever things we get because we touch stuff, um, you can find me on Twitter at DSC Chipman, uh, and I have an about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M C P E E K. Wonderful, uh, folks. Uh, if you want to find out more about me, you can go over to. Twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A or go over to my about.me page at about.me forward slash Kevin Alder Mark's about to bust a gut here. So I'm going to power through this so that he can't interrupt me. Folks, if you want to uh, find out more about the show, please go over to geekiestshowever.com and uh, you can leave us comments and feedback there. Reviews and iTunes are always much appreciated. As other podcasters say, it helps us be discovered. So, folks, we want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We hope you found it entertaining. Uh, please give us any feedback you want. And please remember, if you do nothing else between now and next week, don't forget to touch, touch a geek. geek. Oh, shit. You had to put that in there. <laughs> this one was busting me, God. <laughs> All right. 
So Mark wants you to touch geeks. I just want you to hug them. <laughs> Bye, folks. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchotts, host of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. Each month I gather together a panel of photographers and we chat about a theme related to the art and craft of photography. It's not about the gear. It's about making better photos regardless of your camera. Listen and subscribe at www.lets-talk.ie.